everybody's got to eat. And nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragusi for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Hello, hello, Francine. Hello, Mr. Ragusi. Fresh back from vacation. You're nice and tan. Very tan. We got a lot of sun. (laughs) Okay, so you may hear dogs in the background because Francine decided to buy another puppy and this is going to be bigger than the bear she already has. Yes, and she is she is a handful. I think she's got ADD and hyperactivity both. Um, and I'm hoping that she doesn't get too out of control here. It usually doesn't last too long. And this is <laughs> going to be really annoying for some people. I'm hoping that Joe, please, can you know get rid of some of that background. <laughs> you know, my husband is going to get to hear what this is like for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to stop this and do it later. So anyway, yes, 10 weeks old and she weighs 30 pounds. She's a beast. Oh, oh She's my a beast. gosh. She's big. How big is she going to be? The other one right now, we're not sure how much she weighs. Um, my husband, my God, Matt, I couldn't find these. They were hanging right there. <laughs> oh my God. I need the vacation. She's talking about ear pods. <laughs> Anyway, the other one, we're not sure how much she weighs right now, um, but she, my husband can no longer pick her up. He can pick me up. I weigh 115 pounds. (laughs) So I'm thinking, you know, she probably, she has to weigh over 130. She's got to. She's bigger than I am. She's absolutely bigger than me. So this new dog will weigh like 150? Probably. Her dad's really big. Her dad's name was Mack Truck. (laughs) <laughs> wow when you have a dog named after a semi oh really no no that's what i'm saying you have a dog named oh, after you a said semi we do you yeah no. yeah we that's do. crazy yeah i was telling francine that this is the first time we had a vacation outside of the house for longer than a few days since covid and it was so much fun my kids are a little too much like me So it was like, I don't know, eight kids that are 12 or older with the exact same personality as I. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot of laughing. So I want to publicly acknowledge how much respect and just how proud I am of your wife. (laughs) She flew. She flew. I drove across country. My we had a caravan. My daughter and one of my sons took turns driving an SUV, and I drove a nine-passenger van across country. And my wife flew. Yes, kudos, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) You're my hero. (laughs) Good for her. It was pretty fun. Anyway, so what do you have for us today? So I think I want to talk about the fact that, you know, so many folks want to drink raw milk. And, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, enough of us in the industry 
aren't discussing the dangers of raw milk and what you know can happen, the risks of drinking raw milk. The food safety industry is actually losing the battle against, I guess I would say what, the general public when it comes to to raw milk. Drinking raw milk can pose serious health risks. And right now, state legislator, there's a lot of states that are just passing all of these, you know, regulations allowing the sale of unpasteurized milk. And there's substantial risk in drinking raw milk. So, you know, we've got E. coli, Campylobacter, Salmonella, and there are more when it comes to drinking raw milk. It's really fascinating. That's where Bill Marler was talking about how more states are adding raw milk legalization. And I don't know. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. So on Netflix, there is a fantastic episode. Um, about raw milk and kids that have died, adults that have gotten very sick, and it and they do a good job of going both sides. So this is the thing: if you have been drinking raw milk your entire life, you're going to develop certain immunities. You know what I mean? Your your body in the Amish community, for example, they they don't drink pasteurized milk. They've been drinking raw milk. They're whole lives. Right. They're going to have conditioned themselves to things that, you know, if I were to go out and start drinking raw milk tomorrow, I may be more susceptible to. Agree? Yes. It's kind of like if I go to Europe and start eating unpasteurized cheese, they eat it all the time. I'm more likely to become sick than, you know, they are because they eat it all the time. There are people that all of a sudden get on these, you know, fad diets or all of a sudden think, you know, I'm going to start drinking raw milk and don't understand the ramifications. Yeah. And the health benefits may be there for raw milk, but the risk outweighs the benefits. I mean, for instance, I mean, you're obviously going to have more probiotics and all that stuff, but- you're going to have E. coli, salmonella, et cetera, et cetera, listeria. And okay, so the Netflix episode is on the series Rotten. If you have Netflix, that whole series, Rotten, is very interesting. Uh, particularly if you're watching this podcast you're, or listening to this podcast, you probably are interested in that. But they have a whole one on raw milk. There is a producer of raw milk that has been sued multiple times, and he probably has the cleanest operation, dairy operation, and he still can't 100% keep pathogens out of his milk. And he even goes through and discusses how frequently he tests and even knew the one cow that had a false negative that got someone sick and and he must just have in his budget a like a attorney fee that he just pays families when he gets them sick but it's a it is going to happen what do you think his um <laughs> his insurance is oh i think it's very high his his insurance premiums have got to be out of this world i mean the thing you know 
that would scare me most is, you know, Listeria. Listeria would scare me to death. Listeria is there. Listeria isn't as scary just because you really need a lot of it in, in general to get Listerosis. The hard part is you don't need a lot of E. coli and to get sick. And E. coli is definitely going to be there because E. coli is in their uh, poop. So when you drink raw milk, you are definitely drinking poop. But if you get listeria, the odds of you dying are high. Are high. Right. If you get listerosis. Lister- right. Listeriosis. The odds are dying are like 20%. It's not good. It's scary. Yeah. Anyway, I just think it's something that, you know, before people think that, you know, hey, I'm going to start drinking some, you know, raw milk, they just really need to weigh the odds and think about what they're doing and educate themselves a little bit more before they make the decision to do that. It really goes to show how powerful these farmer units are, sorry, unions or associations are. These small grower and these consumer groups that advocate for things like raw milk, they are very powerful. To be able to get these assemblies and senates in these states to pass laws to allow them to have raw milk with all of the industry testing showing how dangerous it is. Right. It's really kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So part of what I do in New Era Partners is the traceability law, the new traceability law that we consult to. Soft cheeses are part of that because of the amount of people who've gotten sick from unpasteurized milk used in soft cheeses. Because of how much illness there is from soft cheeses from unpasteurized milk, those soft cheeses are part of this traceability law that I consult to. Now, think about that and what we're talking about with raw milk. Exactly. There's going to, every time a state opens up the legalization of raw milk, you're just tallying more foodborne illness. And really the sad part is a lot of the people that are going to get sick are kids. Kids and people with weakened immune systems. Yeah. That are drinking this milk because they think it's healthy for them, which, which it could be, but the risk of the illness is extremely high. Yeah. So we are in the business of trying to reduce foodborne illnesses. Yes. That's, that's what we do for a living. And then you have, you know, laws like this, you would think our government would be helping us try to reduce foodborne illnesses. (laughs) What, like 10 episodes ago? I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) I mean, not really, but I mean, I, you know, I would think that that's what they would be trying to do. Not sure whose side they're on sometimes. How many states did you list off that are still to the expectations from 1998? Yeah, I I don't remember right right <laughs> like now. You know, it's crazy. It, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, the fact that I, the, I, this is a tangent you don't want me to go on, but the fact that our entire country can't get on the same page when it comes to food safety is just mind blowing to me. 
why are we not all operating on the same food code and why is it not the current food code? That is just absolutely asinine. So um, again, see, um, we're not going to do that right now. We're just not going to do that. That's, that's just crazy. That's crazy. Right. And so then you look at that and you go, okay, well, the state departments themselves aren't even regulating to the most re- recent food code. So the ignorance is very high with our legislators. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, they're, Never mind. <laughs> We're not going to be political. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> not going no, to I think it. that's. I think that's not even a political thing. I think what I was going to say side, is they both believe <laughs> that our legislators are ignorant. <laughs> Very much so. It's just it's crazy. You know, I think sometimes they just need to prioritize what they're concerned about. <laughs> yeah, it would make it a lot easier. You know, let's put the the well being of our world, our, our, our country ahead of some of this other, these other things that we're so concerned about, the health yeah. and the well-being. I almost see this though, almost like a religion. And you'll see that. Like if you look at the, the episode on LinkedIn, uh, not, not LinkedIn, Netflix that I was talking about. I mean, I've watched some kind of, of those. Religion. I've watched some of those. The Rotten documentary. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've watched a few of those. It's been a while. I started watching them and then I, you know, got sidetracked on some other documentary. By the way, documentaries, I went to see the premiere that Darren Detweiler's oh, in. Yeah. Bill Marler hosted a premiere out on the West Coast. Very, very good. Very good. Is it, how long is that poisoned episode? Um, it wasn't very. I, I I don't know exactly how long it was. It wasn't. It was not very long. Hour maybe forty five minutes. I don't know. It wasn't very long. Oh. I didn't. I didn't time it. It wasn't real long. Because because after after that they did a Q and A after the documentary, but it was super interesting, super good. It's not just about. And I think this is important to know. It's not just about the Jack in the Box episode and what happened, you know, 30 years ago, while that's certainly a part of a part of it. And Darren does a very good job of explaining his story and what happened to him. And there's a young, I, I don't know what I should say. Um, anyway, it's very, very good. It's very, very good. So it, they talk about what happened then. And then it certainly brings to light um, what's happened in the last years since then. In the years since then. So you flew to Seattle just for that? I did. Wow. I flew out. I took my daughter. We flew out on Saturday, went to the premiere on Sunday, and flew home Monday. How many people were there? Well, only 200 were invited. So there were, I would say it was pretty close. I know there were a bunch of people from iFood DS there, which owns my consulting company, New Era Partners. And so they sent me pictures. I was trying to, it was very hard to distinguish who was, um, who were the food safety people <laughs> and who wasn't because it was, it was just, it was very difficult to tell. Yeah. So did you see Darren? Darren was not there. Oh, he wasn't there. No. Was it fun? Yeah. We had a good time. Yes. We yeah. had a good time. I'm sad I couldn't go. Uh, it's one of those, uh, family took precedence. I mean, absolutely. You would, if I had had vacation scheduled, I absolutely would have gone on vacation. The fourth is my daughter's birthday. So oh. we came home. We flew, we, that's one of the reasons we flew home, you know, on the third was we flew home. And then on the fourth was 
you know, we spent the day on the boat with our family. Well, that's awesome. So every birthday, she gets a fireworks show? Oh, dear God, don't say that. My son is... (laughs) My son is like, you know, every year for the 4th of July, when she was little, we used to say, we're going to your, going to see the fireworks for your birthday. And I think for the longest time, he thought there were really fireworks for her birthday. Oh. <laughs> so now it's a, it's an ongoing joke that she gets fireworks for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor kid. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like this ongoing joke that, you know, of course, you know, she's not a super fan of having her birthday on the 4th of July because, you know, it's a holiday. Right. You know, better than Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) My brother's birthday falls on Thanksgiving, like every four years, and my birthday would fall on Mother's Day. Actually, it does still. Ah. Yeah. um, Mine like once every, I don't know how many years will fall on Easter, probably once in my lifetime. But, you know, we all know mine. Well, I don't know if you know or not. Mine's April Fool's Day. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which brings lots of jokes, but yeah. All right. So do you have a myth for us? Well, so not a myth, but this is super fun. So this lady, I believe she was from Texas. It's been really, really hot in Texas. Um, we all know that. Like, I think they're setting you know, record-breaking heat. She decided that it was hot enough she might be able to bake a loaf of bread in her mailbox. No. Yes. So she went out and you should, do you have your computer there? You should Google this. She went out and she took a loaf of bread out, put it into her mailbox and proceeded to bake this loaf of bread. It took 45 minutes for her to bake this bread. And it shows her with her oven mitts pulling this loaf of bread out of the oven. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at it now. Doesn't it have to be like 300 degrees? Well, I think I bake my bread at 425. So now that's a brick mailbox. You can see that's a brick mailbox. My question is, does that turn into a brick oven? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is a brick. It's one of those. I mean, it's a nice mailbox. It's a brick (laughs) mailbox. And... I mean, how clean is that? Did she, did she wash, rinse, and sanitize that oven before she puts that loaf of bread in there? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Wouldn't brick insulate? Did it turn into a brick oven because it's so hot down there? I mean, the heat, it took her 45 minutes. Typically, it takes like 20, 25 minutes to break a loaf of bread. I mean, because that's just, it, it appears to me to be just regular white bread. Wow. Is that fascinating or what? That is so cool. Except her mail... Must cook in there. I mean, would your mail? Well, at what point? What's the flashpoint? When would your mail catch on fire? Well, um, due to the book, four hundred. Uh, what is it? Fahrenheit four fifty one. That's when paper catches on fire. <laughs> That's the premise of the book. Fahrenheit four fifty one. Oh, yeah. So I guess it won't catch fire. So you know, right after you sent me a message this morning, I. You know, like, Melissa, I need something. And she's like, oh, I saw something this morning. And um, she told me about that. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. (laughs) How fascinating is that? That is crazy. That is so hot. Apparently it was. How do people live like that? How do people live like that? In their house, in the air conditioning. (laughs) That's how they live like that. They probably have a pool in their backyard. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, speaking of which, I drove home through the desert and I said the guy who invented air conditioning should have gotten a Nobel Prize. Because? Because I'm sure people are a lot more peaceful due to air conditioning. You know, I bought an old farmhouse. I mean, and we're renovating. It didn't have air when we moved in. So, well, it does now. It does now, yes. We had central air put in. But um, yeah, the first year we lived there, we didn't, it, there was no air. I can live, I mean, unless it gets ridiculously hot. I'm okay. I grew up without air. I mean, yeah. yeah. It didn't take long for my husband to be like, we have got to get air in this house. Yeah, and he was out buying window air conditioners. I know, but you, you, you and I run at a different temperature. Like at a conference, I'm like sweating and you're like needing a blanket. So <laughs> I'm wearing a parka. <laughs> yeah. Take off that vest. I'll use the vest. You cool down. <laughs> That's why you Can keep you it. see me in a white that that white business dress coat? I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with your vest. <laughs> How ridiculous would that look? Oh, look like you were cold. <laughs> oh, how funny. Okay, well, next time we do this podcast, I am going to have researched the lettuce water. I was just going to say we have to do lettuce water. Do you know that I saw that come up on my computer after we talked about it? It came up in a feed somewhere, which isn't surprising because they yeah. just talk about it. But <laughs> I thought for sure I would have time to research anything, like a lot of stuff. Usually on vacation, I'm reading or whatever. But now my kids are all like teenagers or grown-ups, and they are really fun to hang out with <laughs> and want to go do a bunch of stuff. So I did not have any time. I'm very happy you didn't, though. We need that time to just you yeah. know, chill. and Because yeah. we both work ridiculous hours and work a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, cool. Well, should we end it? We're done. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. No poop. <laughs>